Masha Korpacheva is a California-based realtor and a member of the National Association of Realtors in Los Angeles. She's an advocate for selling and buying homes with soul and practicing mindfulness in real estate. With master's degrees in spiritual psychology and linguistics, Masha brings all of her skills to work with her clients. An intuit and empath, she has touched many lives with her outstanding ability to see beyond the visible and helping to come to better understanding of issues and their resolutions. An adventurous world traveler, from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania to exploring the Galapagos Islands, Masha has a particular passion for the City of Angels. Having landed in this paradise and adopted it as her home, she's been sharing old Hollywood stories since 2007. This podcast is an invitation to feel and experience the souls of famous old Hollywood homes and to have an in-depth journey to the areas where they're located through interviews with longtime residents. Either you're a fan of old Hollywood in Los Angeles, planning to have a vacation, or an even bigger step, considering a certain area for your future home. This is your opportunity to receive valuable information and insightful advice you won't find anywhere else. In the mood for California, feel the soul of old Hollywood. Hello, hello, and welcome to my podcast. Are you in the mood for California? Today, we're exploring and feeling Casa Verdugo, followed by an interview with one of my favorite couples, Mark and Laurel Perlman. Very creative, hospitable, and wonderful people who live in Glendale and they will share with us what it feels like to live in this safe and historic area. And now, are you ready to feel the soul of Casa Verdugo? When in 1884, Helen Hunt Jackson wrote her remarkably successful novel Ramona, the Harry Potter of its day, it didn't occur to her that it would create the fascination with California of the old Spanish days. You see, people cannot help but be drawn to something that inspires them and makes them feel a part of something bigger than themselves. And what can provide a more realistic and immersive experience than food? This phenomenally best-selling book, considerably influenced the culture and image of Southern California as its publication coincided with the arrival of railroad lines in the region and tourists from all over the world flocked to see the locations so well romanticized in the novel. Suddenly, there were also drives to help save the old missions and adobe homes of the Spanish pioneers and the mission style of architecture emerged and became very popular between 1890-1915, followed by the more sophisticated Spanish colonial revival style of the 1920s. That fascination didn't escape Leslie C. Brand and Henry E. Huntington, who ended up purchasing hundreds of acres of what had been the famously extensive Rancho San Rafael, 
located in the foothills near where the new community of Glendale was being developed by Brand. There were several old structures on this land dating back to rancho days. One of them was known as the Sanchez or Sepulveda adobe after Maria Sepulveda and her husband Thomas Sanchez, who once owned part of the rancho. Brand and Huntington decided to remake this picturesque old adobe built in 1860s or 1870s, surrounded by pepper trees, into a restaurant specializing in Spanish dishes intended to give a taste of old California to the delight of numerous tourists. Named Casa Verdugo, in honor of Maria Sepulveda's great-grandfather, José María Verdugo, the original don of Rancho San Rafael, the restaurant was opened in 1905 on a five-year lease granted to Piedad Yorba de Sol to run the property. What an exceptional proprietress she was. De Sol not only knew how to prepare authentic dishes but also ensured her guests were well entertained with music provided by the outstanding Mexican orchestra. Besides the statement, you have not eaten real Mexican tamales and genuine Spanish cooking until you have dined at Casa Verdugo, a big hit of the restaurant were its child singer-dancers Piedad's daughter, Viola Yorba, and her nine-year-old cousin, Ernest Martinez. As the mesmerized diners were indulging in their peppery selections in various locations, such as the green, red, Indian rooms, and Enramada, the sunset dinner at the wide veranda was magically complemented by the intoxicating scent of orange blossoms drifting through the dusky air along with the sounds of sweet La Paloma. The soul was able to handle gigantic gatherings at Casa Verdugo, successfully entertaining hundreds and sometimes thousands of visitors, though one time she was reluctant to host a party of 500 wives of those attending a banker's convention in 1910, having eventually agreed to do it at a price 50% higher than the committee found appropriate. The owners of the Casa Verdugo property were approached with a complaint and the soul was evicted from the property. But the indomitable restauranteurs appeared completely unfazed and calm. She and her husband owned the northeast corner of the Casa Verdugo property where in 1907 they built a mission-styled home and this is where the soul simply reopened the restaurant Casa Verdugo right after the eviction. She took all of her staff and most patrons with her 
as well as the name Casa Verdugo, which she had trademarked and copyrighted. After court battles, eventually two restaurants started operating side by side, the Souls Casa Verdugo and La Ramada at the previous location. In 1921, both properties were sold to three schoolteacher sisters, Jeanette, Ida, and Myrtle Baldwin, who paid a considerable sum of $100,000, which is roughly $1.7 million in today's money. The Baldwin sisters retained the soul as manager of Casa Verdugo until 1930, when the famous restaurant was closed to be turned into a private residence. At some point, it appeared in a film by pioneering silent film director Mac Sennett, and then it was home to author Johnston Macaulay, whose Zorro stories added to the romantic depiction of California's later era of Mexican rule. Last time, this five-bedroom, three-and-a-half-bathroom, 4,750-square-foot home was sold in 2017 for $1,850,000. In 2010, Los Angeles Times reporter Charles Perry wrote in his article for Gastronomica, First, we must recognize Piedad Yorba's genius. Her Casa Verdugo was no mere restaurant, but an overwhelming experience. Romantic setting, aromatic flowers, exotic food, sweet music in a foreign language. Colorful dancing. Well, when you think about it, don't you just want to have some tamales? And here we are. Welcome to Glendale. I'm so delighted to have Mark and Laurel Perlman here with me. Mark and Laurel have lived in Glendale, California since 1999, a convenient commuter distance to North Hollywood for Mark's work as a music and sound editor and to the Walt Disney Studios where Laurel was a public relations marketing executive. 23 years later, Mark freelances from his home studio, Laurel runs digital communications and publicity for the Television Academy, and they continue to be the proud parents of Alexandra, an award-winning dancer on the Glendale High Dance Team, and currently a drama major musical theater minor at Hofstra University on Long Island. After 24 years in Glendale, they still prize the small-town feel of their community, its good public schools, both served on PTA for many years, and their wonderful neighbors, many of whom worked together to create their recently designated Casa Verdugo Historic District. Mark and Laurel will share with us what it feels like to live in Glendale. 
Hello, Mark and Laurel. Hey, good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Great. It's been a long time. I know. It's been a while. And oh, oh my God, you have no idea. I was so looking forward to the interview with you because it's the first time that I have a couple on my podcast. So it's very exciting. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to be your first. We'll try not to speak over each other. <laughs> <laughs> so Glendale, such a unique city in so many ways. And I'm very curious, why did you guys choose to live in Glendale? Okay, well, I'll jump in because um, we actually chose to live here when we got engaged and we were looking for a house to buy. Mm -hmm. We wanted to find a place that was close to our respective work places, but also offered um, the uniqueness of being in its own contained suburban city. Um, Mark really loved the fact that both Glendale and Burbank have their own police departments, their own fire departments, their own city councils, and mm -hmm. we're not dependent upon the city of LA as other places that we both lived in the Valley were. So that was one reason that we started looking in the Glendale area. We also had friends who lived in our immediate, like in our immediate neighborhood now, and I was very familiar with their um, with their home and the fact that they loved this neighborhood that was pretty much a neighborhood with unique houses. It wasn't a subdivision. Um, it was somewhat historic. The homes were all mission revival, craftsmen, um, Tudor revival, French revival, homes that were built anywhere from 1900 up until the 1940s. So the neighborhood had a unique character. So yes. we had told our realtor that we were looking for you know, a neighborhood like that. And lo and behold, we found a house mm. in this neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, it was an interesting process because uh, Laurel and I both like architecture um, early architectures, you know, like she said, the Mediterranean, the craftsmen, you know, that type of, um, that type of building construction, as well as the aesthetic of that. Yes. When you drive around Glendale, where the single family dwellings have remained, uh, even if they're sandwiched in between generally, you know, uh, modernized apartment buildings and such, there's still a character that you, you really can't beat for this area. Um, and we do not like the traditional stucco cookie cutter aluminum window kind of places. We like wood, you know, uh, and a lot of landscaping. So this was pretty much perfect for us. Yes, yes, I can see that. You like very traditional uh, Californian architecture. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it really feels like, I think in Glendale, there's a lot of the feeling aesthetically of preserving early California and yeah. history. And, and you know, I mean, we're extremely proud that um, the neighborhood we moved into is now one of the historic districts in Glendale. It's the Casa Verdugo Historic District. And that was something that our neighbors and we worked on, um, gosh, for five, six years. Mm -hmm. We were just recognized um, in the fall of this year by the Glendale Historical Society for all of the efforts that were put into that. And we're, we're thrilled because... Yeah, the beauty for us is that the exterior of these homes have to maintain 
you know, their original looks. You can't, character. You, the, character. the character has to stay. What happens on the inside is specifically up to the owner, but we didn't yes. want to see this bit of historic Glendale uh, and this type of architecture go by the wayside to, like I said, the modernized buildings with the glass and the chrome and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's, uh, that it's, was us. It Glendale just has a lot of character and a lot of people who, you know, they're not stick in the mud and they they don't want to um do away with progress, but they want to preserve, you know, these beautiful neighborhoods that have lots of character. And, you know, many of whom, many of the houses were designed by notable architects and there's just some rich history here. So that's a nice thing. Yes. Yes. I can see that, that you have this kind of like aesthetic uh, delight, you know, living in such a historic area because every time you know, you're at your home or you go out and you look around, you see all these beautifully preserved uh, homes that remind you, you know, of the old world and what California used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and these are neighborhoods too, you know, where lots of people, you know, all of us walk through our neighborhoods a lot. We love you know, do having that ability. Yes. So it's very walkable. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yes. Great. So Tell me, what does it actually feel to live in Glendale? What feelings does your um, area exude? Well, it's peaceful, it's comfortable, and we are, you know, a suburb of Los Angeles. uh, And even that said, you know, it feels pretty safe. I mean, for the most part, uh, you can walk the street in the dark in the early morning at night Uh, A lot of people do that with their dogs and stuff. And there's no real threat to anybody, maybe other than the occasional speeding car who doesn't really want to yield to the stop sign. Uh So we just really need to look both ways. But it's a safe place. There's, you know, in our neighborhood, um, we've seen a turnover of children now, you know, twice, maybe three times with families coming in, kids growing up, going to the schools. And it's it's just homey. You know, it's a, it's just a real, it's a neighborhood. It's, it's a, you know, a very home feeling place. Yes. Yeah. I would say that that's, that's really true. I mean, we make a point of trying to know our neighbors, number one. Yeah. But um, there's just some really interesting and lovely people that we have met and become great friends with. Yep. Um, in our in our in our immediate area, and you know, when you get involved with something like the Glendale Historical Society, or you know, rally with neighbors for causes and things like that, it really does build some wonderful bonds, and yes. this makes you feel very comfortable, um, you know, living in this area. I think it doesn't feel like we are in an urban super urban area mm-hmm. um but we have all the amenities exactly of that mm-hmm. yes yes i can see that so yet again it probably feels to you like um a smaller city within a large city and because you participate uh, in all of the different uh you know things that the community uh provides to you uh, you must have a very strong feeling of belonging. Yes, we do. Yes, definitely, absolutely. It's it's home. Yes, that's how that's how it felt. Like as you were describing, you know what it feels like living in Glendale. I could really, really strongly sense your feeling of belonging is in that city. Like I'm here. 
you know, I belong here. Right, exactly. Yeah. Very, very nice. So how long ago uh, did you move um, to Glendale and how did it actually affect the quality of your life? Well, um, again, like Laurel said, we wanted to be somewhere that was close to our respective works. Uh, but we didn't want to be living, you know, next to them or on top of them. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that we were to the east of the metropolis, if you will, of the Studio City, Burbank area, where all the hustle and bustle is of the studios, we sort of felt like, again, we were on the outskirts, but we were in, you know, a very nice community. Mm-hmm. So uh, it it made it easy for us to get to work. And when we left work, being in the entertainment industry, you never really leave work. You you're always carrying something home with you. That's right. But um, but we were able to come in here and basically, you know, figuratively shut the door and be done with the outside world when we came into our home. And it was our place of peace and our place of refuge. And you know, the quality of life for us was just more relaxing here because we had a neighborhood of people. Who again, you know, when we moved into the area in 1998. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah well, it was actually 99 when we came in, but we started uh, well, we bought working the house. on the house in 98. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I went to any neighbor that I could get in touch with that I saw the lights on, knocked on the door and introduced myself. And, you know, we just started this familiarity of who we are and who they are. And, you know, uh, it's, it's no longer just peeking at somebody through, you know, your curtains. It's like, I can walk out of my front yard and yell to my neighbor and go, hi, Jack, how are you? And, you know, uh, we'll have a conversation. Well, and we also knew, you know, a couple of other families, um, you know, in the surrounding blocks. So, you know, that I think helped yeah. that. I have to say, when we, what it felt like when we first moved in was a big job, I'm going to uh-huh. tell you. Because, um, you know, the, the the pleasure of moving into a neighborhood with character homes is that you have this wonderful aesthetic. The challenge is that you need to work to keep it up because, you know, homes that were built um, going on 100 plus years ago, the building codes are different. Plumbing and electrical is all different. And, you know, you're you're constantly, you know, involved in um, maintaining um, those residences and yes, all. Yes, that becomes like part of your leisure pursuit in some ways. You know, for us, it was a fun prospect of you know making the home hours and restoring certain things and doing all of that. So that was that was really a fun thing. I can see that, and it's also very creative. Oh yeah, yeah. Very Fortunately, Mark and I have a pretty similar aesthetic. <laughs> Yeah. There, there weren't a lot of battles about, you know, colors and choices and things like that. So, and we also t- took our time with a lot of things as well. You know, we didn't rush to make quick decisions. And um, so that yeah. was. That it took was us 18 years to do the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And the, and, the, and the kitchen actually needed it the moment we moved in. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. You know, other things take priority. So, so how did it feel actually when you were done with the kitchen after eighteen years? Oh, fabulous. Well, we felt great, um, and you know that process could be a whole new podcast. So, but I, <laughs> I, I really won't tell you how we we did it. But, uh, but, um, but we had help, obviously, and since we had lived in the house for so long. 
we knew, you know, basically where all of the blind corners were and how we wanted to rearrange the flow of the kitchen and the way that we work. Uh, And so, you know, little by little, we would collect ideas and tear outs uh, from magazines. And again, like Laurel said, we have a pretty much a very similar aesthetic. So there were the, the, only arguments that I would say that we might have had with regards to the kitchen was um, who's actually going to do most of the cooking. So if, <laughs> That's not an argument. I just say go to it. Yeah. So pretty. So pretty much, I get to do most of the cooking. So I got to arrange the kitchen a little more toward my flow path than you know one that you might see in a home do you know DIY show or a magazine or something like that but it's beautiful it's great everybody loves it when they walk in and and uh and thank god nobody remembers the broken toe that we called the kitchen before that so oh interesting so we started talking about your home and that you know it was such a big renovation project for you when you first moved in what does your home actually mean to you? How would you describe it? Oh, it's a safe haven. Uh, it's it's a it's a party place. It's a place to grow our family. It's you know there's uh, there's ceremony, there's convention, you know there's safety, um, all of those things, you know. And again, a lot of that is due to the fact that we live in a neighborhood where people actually care about what their home looks like and how they treat it. So there's a lot of pride of ownership in our house and in the surrounding houses, you know, uh, by us. So, well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, we've spent close to, um, 25 years. Mm, yeah. No, no money. Don't tell them anyhow. No, I'm not going to say, I'm <laughs> saying we've spent close, let's not go there. Um, but 25 years, you know, here in this home. So, you know, we've seen, in, we, we've gone through, you know, obviously lots of family changes. We we had a we moved in, we had a baby, we raised, you know, our baby who's now twenty one. Um, we've and, had, and we've had college. We've had we've had eight cats. We've had three dogs. <laughs> three dogs. You know. yeah. Not at the same time, though, right? Yeah, uh, uh, almost. Well, <laughs> <laughs> There was at one point we thought, oh my gosh, they're going to make us have a kennel license here before our daughter was born. But um, no, because we had, we at one point, our maximum, we we maxed out with five cats and two dogs at the same time, amazingly. But pretty much the population stays now around two cats. Um, we did have a dog through the pandemic um, who'd been with us for what was seven years that we had him, yeah. you know, and so, you know, we love having, well, we, we both love animals. And so, you know, to me, it's lovely to have cats and or dogs in a home. It helped makes a home to me. Yes, for sure. But, you know, we've, we've done, we've commemorated so many things in our home and, you know, we've had wonderful celebrations with neighbors and school gatherings and, you know, PTA gatherings and, you know, so many things that we have done that have been really wonderful fun over the years. I think the house is full of lots of memories for us that way. Yes, for sure. And I should add that you have the best Halloween parties ever. We <laughs> <laughs> love Halloween. All right. I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. What is your secret? I'll, I'll make this very short. Um, when we were looking in Glendale, our real estate agent, for whatever reason, 
would drive down this street, the street that where our house is, the corner. And it was a magical corner because there is a historic uh, building across the street from us, Casa Verdugo. There is a traditional craftsman. There is a Greek revival home. And then ours, which is an Italian uh, Mediterranean, Mediterranean revival. Mediterranean mm-hmm. revival. This particular corner we are, where we are, was the postcard to bring residents to build, buy, and live in Glendale area. It was the postcard that Glendale used to entice people to moving into this area from the Los Angeles and, and surrounding areas. Wow. Having said that, we would drive down the street and I would always look out the window because I was sitting in the passenger seat and I would see this house on the corner and I said, I want that house. Now, you know that the I want sometimes come with a no good deed rule of thumb, which is you get punished. But at one point, I was so tired of looking in Glendale and we saw things that were close to what we wanted, but nothing that had the stately position of what this house does when you look at it from the intersection. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, stop the car. I got out and I knocked on the door and I asked the people if they had any intent of selling And they said, well, we're considering it, but we haven't made our minds up yet. I gave them my card and I said, if you do, call me. Wow, that's pretty bold. Wow. Totally. I never got the call. But the next time we came down the street with our real estate agent, which was about two months later, there was a sign out in front. Oh, my God. So we just snapped it up right then and there. That's how we got this house. It was just meant to be. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if if it was meant to be for us, but it was meant to be for the house because we fixed it. (laughs) Well, well, and then and then, too, you know. You know, Masha, you know, about Halloween, um, we had, you know, when we were dating and all, we'd thrown Halloween parties and all, but the neighbors that we knew in the neighborhood had said to us, oh, you have to come and see Halloween in this neighborhood. It is just great. And I think that was one thing that sold Mark and me as well. Yeah, we were total Halloween freaks and we saw that this neighborhood was decked out and we went, we got to get in on this. We actually, while the house was in escrow, we came to Halloween in the neighborhood and we're just, you know, kind of thrilled with the fact that people really got into um, the community of, you know, Halloween visiting, trick or treating, um, decorating and all of that. So it's, it's been, it's been a really good match for us. (laughs) I can see that. Hey, when it's Halloween time, even I drive by your house. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make sure I get into the spirit because yeah. generations are the best. <laughs> and, and we did buy this place because of the size of the property and because we like to throw parties. And so, you know, when you have a big house, you have to throw a party in it. And since Halloween is our favorite holiday, here we are. Yep, there it is. It's yes, pretty yes. much a given. Very true. So I'm very curious, how would you describe the heart of your home? I mean, we've just talked about, you know, safe haven, a party house, you know, and it's almost like as if the house wanted you to adopt it so that you could fix it up and take care of it. And it's now, you know, a living being in a way, right? So absolutely. How would you describe the heart of your home? Wow, that is a really good question because you know, this is a house that was built 
1925. Mm-hmm. And it was built with the conventional you know, idea of a living room and a dining room and a kitchen area that was not a public room. And, um, you know, there was definitely what was the public facing part of the house and the private facing part of the house. You know, I think certainly in the decades since that time, you know, feelings about how you live, how you use your living space has changed. Now, we haven't moved lots of walls. Our configuration is much the same. But, you know, we do, I I don't know, I think the heart of the house is definitely our downstairs, our living room, dining room, kitchen. Mm -hmm. The, The kind of what we call the library room tends to be, you know, part of that, but not used as much. But, you know, we because we gather in our living room, we cook together in the kitchen, we gather around the dining room table, you know, for meals and with friends and family, Um, you know, that just this this whole I think to me, the the downstairs is the real heart of the house. Mm -hmm. Now, when you ask for heart of the house, are you asking about the soul of the house or are you asking about the common area where almost everything that happens here emanates from? Well, you know, you can answer it either way, or you can answer it both ways. Okay. You can, uh, and now that uh, right now Laurel described to us, you know, the heart of uh, the home as the common area and where you like to gather, which is, right. which was wonderful. I loved, um, you know, um, Laurel's description. How would you, Mark, describe the soul of the house then? Well, I think the soul of the house is 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 the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Of course, eighteen years. <laughs> well, but the reason I say that is because you know anything that happens here with family and company all begins there. The morning begins there, and the and the and the day ends there with the, the final meal. You know, it's like uh, if people come over, it, you know, it's the it's just we're all gathered around this common area, which is you know conversation and food and you know just a sense of well being. And it doesn't matter what room we're in. You know, the soul of the house is really coming from that particular area, which would be the living room, dining room. And had we, you know, had we blown a wall out between the kitchen and the dining room, that would literally be the heart of the house because that's where everything would start. People would gather, people would would go from. So, well, but you know, it's like you know, to you wouldn't do that because you know this is a Mediterranean revival four square house. It has certain bearing walls and certain things that you have to deal with. Um, and if you were to blow that out, you know, to me, it just it you know. There's nothing wrong with that to have a great room, like the common room that is really, you know, that was popularized and continues to be from the 90s into, you know, current decades for home design now. But, um, you know, I think people wander in and out of the kitchen into the dining room. It is a... It is a, you know, go back in between, feel familiar and comfortable space as opposed to the formality of what you would have had in the 20s, where, you know, that swinging door into the into the kitchen stayed closed and you kept all of your public um, socializing in the dining room and in the living room and you didn't go into the kitchen. And, you know, to, to Mark's point, I mean, the kitchen is, you know, is definitely a, the the soul of of the house and that 
you know, is where you go for nourishment. You go to have uh, to share things with each other. So, yeah, it's a it's a very we we fortunately have a good flow between all of these areas, even with the walls still yes. intact. Yes, I can see that and I can feel that. And uh, yes, your home is absolutely beautiful. And the way you describe it, it actually comes through exactly this way. So, And I experienced your home and it's absolutely beautiful. And it does have this wonderful flow and a feeling of community for sure. Cool. For sure, yes. Thank you. Thank you, by the way, just for, well, you know, you. for the create for creating this community because you did adopt your home when you bought it and you did create this community and you continue maintaining this. It's uh, very wonderful what you're doing. So thank you well, so much. Well, we loved it when you visited us. And we would like to have you come back whenever you want. We absolutely will. Absolutely will. Well, before I do that, before I yeah. do this, I have a, a, a few very quick uh, blitz questions about Glendale, if you don't mind. Great. Mm -hmm. We'll try to answer them as short and succinctly as possible. Wonderful. So what is your favorite store in Glendale? Favorite store? Well, for me... Um, well, it used to be Virgil's Hardware Store, but that went out of business, so it's no longer here. Virgil's was great. For you, Laurel? Well, you know, I mean, there's a there's a ton of wonderful places to shop always and, you know, places that we frequent and all. Um, I have to say, I am so thrilled that Mignon Chocolates is down Brand Boulevard and close by, walking distance from us. Oh, yeah, that's very a cool. It reminds me that I have to go get some Christmas shopping done at Mignon <laughs> Chocolates. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Mignon Chocolates. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We like chocolate, so. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? Oh. So what is your favorite coffee place? All right. Well, there used to be a place called Recess on Brand Boulevard right near Glen Oaks. It was a great little boutique. They made great foods and, and it was good for lunches and good for breakfasts. Uh, but the property sold and a hotel was built there. And now it is called the Glenmark. And attached to the Glenmark, they have a little restaurant uh, called Olia. And it's kind of modern. It's it's very nice. It's peaceful, obviously, except for the traffic going up and down Brand Boulevard. And, you know, it's a good little spot. But across the street from that is another little boutique coffee place, uh, which is called Pris uh, is it Priscilla's. I think it's Priscilla's. Uh -huh. It's right next to the church on Brand Boulevard, and that's funky. A lot of a lot of the locals hang out there. They they make great uh, pastries, and you know that's that's kind of it. And it's walking distance from our home, so yeah, both places. I mean, yeah. you know, Olia is they have grab a cup of coffee or um, a pastry or muffin or whatever. That's they're, they're great places. Very good, very good. And one more um, last question: What is your favorite restaurant? Uh, hands down, the simplest thing, Rafi's Place, which is the best Mediterranean food I think on the planet. Persian Mediterranean. Persian oh, Mediterranean. I tried Rafi's. Rafi's is really good. <laughs> we like Rafi's. It's always a treat to to go there. I have to say. Yeah. They're wonderful. Well, their food is just wonderful. Well, Mark and Laurel, thank you so much for such a beautiful conversation. And it felt warm and it felt cozy. And your home truly is a very safe haven uh, that is always full of friends and wonderful gatherings and delicious food. And 
it really does exude the feeling of community and also the description um, of Glendale uh, that you gave is so heartwarming and wonderful and uh, it truly is a beautiful city as well and um, I really, really appreciate your time uh, and everything that you shared with us today. Thank you so much. We didn't talk too much, did we? <laughs> Not at all. I wish we could talk more, but we'll continue this. Well, podcast episode number two. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll continue in the next episode. So thank you so much for such a warm conversation. It was a real pleasure to talk to both of you. And now I think I'll be trying to invite couples to my episodes because it, it just was absolutely wonderful oh good thank you thank, thank you. you thank you so much bye-bye okay bye bye i hope you enjoyed experiencing casa virdugo and getting a feel of glendale with our special guests mark and laurel perlman Please press the like button, follow and share your feedback for the podcast. Your time and support are greatly appreciated. Next time, we are traveling to West Adams and we'll find out why this historic neighborhood is so special. See you there! In the Mood for California Feel the soul of old Hollywood 